Hey, Pepin. Yo, yo. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about how we talked about all of the technical aspects of the show, but I think there's some stuff that we missed. Oh, like what? Like, how? where do we get our ideas? Like, how much of the show is improv? How much of it is actually, like, written down beforehand? How does one go about getting a guest, uh, a sponsorships, all of these things? Like, where did... How does a show get made? We know what equipment we're using and how how to edit, but how do you actually make the content? Well, I get all my ideas from Gaia. Spirit Gaia. of the Earth. Ah, Gaia.com. No, no, no. Spirit oh. of the Earth. She's like the Earth Mother. Mother Earth. Yeah. That's where you get your ideas from. Mm-hmm. Is this a prayer session or? Uh, she gives it to me through the roots. She comes into your dreams. Uh, Is that you where your that. roots are? Yeah. You're rooted in the dream. Yeah. Okay, Nate, we need to talk. (laughs) Welcome back. My name is Meter. I am so glad you're joining us here today. And I am joined in studio by my best friend and owner of the studio, co-host, extraordinaire, and fit, handsome, dapper lad, Nathan Pepin. How's it going today, Pepin? Doing great. How about yourself, Meter? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. We're live streaming this as well, so uh, anytime, you guys, go to facebook.com slash we need to talk show, drop that follow, and you'll see when we're going live. Yeah, for those who couldn't see that, I was doing finger guns with snapping. It was really, really classy. I mean, I mean, I had to show off my muscularity and my ability to show off my finger guns. Yeah, finger gun muscularity. So you get all of your ideas from Gaia. I'm not letting this one go. Uh, so you explain that a little bit better. So, okay, I'm, I'm being, like, ridiculous with that, number one. But okay. number two, um, I, I, I think that I don't know what I'm ever saying until I say it. Mm-hmm. And that so, sounds right. Y- yeah. And so... It's like my conscious brain isn't that smart. Okay, my conscious brain is good at holding stuff back, but it's not very good at generating stuff, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like most of the things I think and say are things generated by the unconscious. And so it's just that's how I mostly think. And it's like I get ideas and thoughts of like, 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 I think this is everyday experience, but it's the context of how you're kind of presenting it or kind of perceiving it. Mm. So like... I might get this thought, oh, bring this up, or let's go in this direction, or let's do this. And it's not like I'm being like uh, strategic and planning with that. I mean, some part of my brain is, but I, I think a lot of it for me is kind of like instinctual, or it's just kind of like the thoughts my brain generates as opposed to me being like, hey, is this a great idea to talk about? I mean, mm. there's some of that would trying to generate a topic, but a lot of it is just in the background. And how much of when generating a topic, is there like a refinement period where maybe the idea pops in your head and it's not the first, it's not what you end up coming to the table with. Maybe it's written down and then, and then refined to some degree, or maybe it first pops into your head and it kicks around for a bit. And then eventually it comes back into your head in a different form. And then that's what actually makes it out as content. I think so. I think so. It, well, with the podcast, especially like I have ideas for topics and sometimes you have idea for topics, but let's say with my ideas, the idea might be let's talk about consciousness or let's talk about sleep or let's talk about dreams. 
And I have one idea in my head of all the different things we could cover with it, uh, but it's a wide enough open topic that, you know, we can take it wherever we want. Mm -hmm. And maybe what we intend to discuss or what I intend to discuss initially, that's not actually where we go with it. And it's more the idea of what we're talking about gets developed over time. Mm. And I feel like there's some uh, some creativity between everybody who's on the show, me and you primarily. And then when there's a guest, what they bring to the show as well. I think that's really, really key. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I agree. I feel like I, I'll write down some topic ideas. I'll be like, that would be a good thing to talk about. A lot of times I'll do it with a specific guest in mind. Yep. So it kind of sh- you know shoots me in the foot at the same time because I'm like, this is a really good topic. But I know this person will slay this topic. Mm-hmm. I want to save it for them. But it's hard to get people on. How do you? How do we go about getting guests? What's the process for us getting guests on the show? So m- my uh, method of doing this is asking Steve who he got for a guest. <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, I try to get guests myself, but it's like Steve is. So we have like a what we'd call it a uh, division of labor. Okay, yeah. So I'm definitely more on the technical side. I'm very good with those aspects. Steve is better on the social side. And kind of like communicating. That's weird <laughs> that I'm better on the social side, but yeah, I, I, I definitely say that you're better. Well, you're better at reaching out and you know keeping communication with people. Mm-hmm. Like I, but to be fair, it's two of my favorite all-time guests were Shannon and obviously Gideon. Yeah, yep. and those were both gets by you. Yep, and they were two of the best guests we've ever had. That's true. I mean, I've had my whole family on, and those were all guests that you brought in, of course. Because they wouldn't come on my show, but mm. they want to pl- they want to please you. Oh, is is that what this is about? Yeah. Oh, hey. This yeah. is a, it's about the fact that people want to come on to talk to Nathan. They want to come on to talk to Pepin. Yep. And I don't blame okay. them. I think that's a really good. That's a great. He's a great host. Good job. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this, but uh, what I'll say is, like you know, I try to find certain guests, which I think will be good. Like I have a couple of guests are, are in the mix, but the thing is they are often my coworkers and colleagues or, you know, friends. Mm-hmm. And it's, e- it seems like it should be easy to set something up with them, but it's actually very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Whereas meter usually reaches out to people who are other podcasters or people who might have some sort of product that they uh, are advertising. Mm-hmm. So people who might have written the book or, uh, things like that and those people have more of an interest in setting up a time to kind of uh, get on the podcast for that cross promotion i'm gonna try and get us a super special guest for next episode uh is it gonna be dido angel no but it'll be somebody with links to a band you like no there's a tease for you does Dito Angel have a band? The Dito Angel band, starring <laughs> Dito Angel's asshole. <laughs> so, okay, so how much of, of what we produce is actually like, you know, we, we're, we say we're writing down ideas. How much how much are we writing down on the ideas? Is this like a we, we pre-plan out, like here's the topics we want to hit, here's the bullet points we want to hit? No, that's usually, I mean... So sometimes we have ideas which we are just topic ideas. And so I have them written down from time to time and then you have them written down. And 
a lot of times we don't have anything written down. We just kind of come up with it, you know, the day we record. Yeah, that's how we're talking now. Yep, uh, which, you know, it works just fine. Me and you have this ability, which is why we kind of started podcasting in general, where we can just talk about things like anything for a while, mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. So long as we're both in like a decent mental state. If yeah. I'm sick, if you're sick, if we didn't sleep, you know, it's a little bit different. But in general, we can just kind of like keep blabbing and blabbing, you know, generate content, which it's a good thing, but it could also be a bad thing if the content idea is bad mm-hmm. or if there's not really good structure. But the other thing is that we play well for each other. So it doesn't really matter if the idea is bad. We can make that bad idea entertaining. So we don't typically write anything down beforehand. We play off each other and just use the we, we play in the space that we've provided. Here's what we're talking about. You mentioned earlier it's a loose topic yep. and we just talk about it. Yep. And I, I don't I don't know how much that does or doesn't come across in the final recording of is this something that we are trying to hit bullet points. There have been times when we've tried to hit bullet points when Nick James was on and he was talking about his uh, his hiking of the Appalachian Trail. Yep. He had a list in front of him. Here's the main topics I want to talk about. And he had a whole bunch. And then I had a shorter list that I wanted to make sure if I needed to redirect the conversation, we got back on target. But that was a, telling a story that was really important that we stayed on topic. Mm. The other time I can remember having bullet points that we hit was when we had on Kathleen Macca from uh, Ghosts of Galveston. And I had read the books and I had taken notes because there were specific things I wanted to talk about about that book. Um, then later we had on Anita Oswald for uh, for her book and Letters to My Ex. And I didn't have notes for that one. I just remembered exactly what I wanted to say. Mm. Um, and that was there was probably like a two year gap between those two episodes. Yeah. So it kind of shows how much we've evolved and how much more comfortable I've become to be able to no longer need that necessarily uh, in order to conduct a good interview. And and I think that was a really good episode. Yep. And uh, one aspect of that as well is sometimes we do this thing where you might know more about the subject or I might know more about the subject. And then the other person you know, it's either you or I plays the audience member, mm-hmm. right? Because one important thing, this is a technical thing, but what you always want in good communication is to have someone playing the view of the average viewer who may not be informed about the subject or the context there. So, for instance, if it's something that we're talking about, like with philosophy, and then we start talking about the uh, Aristotle's uh, Aristotelian mean, or the receiving mean, you, you, like I might know what that is, you might know what that is, but you know I might, you might frame that, you know, okay, I think I know what that is, but what what is that exactly? Pepe? That's how you would frame it. I would frame it as I have no idea what you're talking about. Y- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because that's the truth, <laughs> and luckily that's the case a lot of times. Is if we don't know, we we we're not afraid to say like I don't understand what that is. Yeah, it, but uh, it's important to frame that thing out. Or sometimes we're talking to guests and you might ask him about this certain thing, let's mm-hmm. say with Nick James, like it might be something that you know personally about the story and about him as a person, mm-hmm. but it's not something that we know about him you know, yeah. as an audience. So having that person there or being the person to clarify, like, oh, explain this out for me. You know, you know, what's this aspect of your personality or what's this mm-hmm. aspect of story that, you know, that we share, but, you know, the audience doesn't share with us. And I think that normally happens naturally because we're, we know how to like pick up in those situations and who needs to play what role. But there have been situations where we actually plan that out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there, when, when Anita came on, you purposefully didn't read the book so that you would be the audience and yeah. be able to ask questions and things like that. And I did read the book a couple of times so that I would 
be knowledgeable and be able to have a conversation with her. Mm. So that worked out really well. And that's how we designed that one. But there have been other ones where that's not the case where, like you said, even if I do know, I may ask a question anyway. Yep. And one important thing uh, just for that sort of technique is you want to communicate to the guests, especially if this is more of a technical topic or a topic that goes into their work, that there will be questions which are stand-ins for the audience. Yeah. Because most people are aware of that, you know, instinctually. But if you're having someone who hasn't had a whole media experience or they don't understand, you know, they don't get that perspective, like they might take that question as like, you didn't read my book. Yeah. Like, like they'll misinterpret the question and be like, mm-hmm. well, you know that, don't you? Like, mm-hmm. like there's, I mean, if your guest is a dick. Well, they, they, it's, it's not that they're dick or not, but they might interpret it literally. Mm-hmm. Like, so what you're saying is this, and you're trying to get them to clarify what the actual thought is. Cause it might be misinterpreted as this. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe the person says, well, I'm trying to think of an example from uh, Anita's book, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't read. But w- let's say that... Uh, like if there was an event that happened later that was preceded by something else that happened and the first thing isn't mentioned, that may be information that you need that you would be like, so how did we get to the point where he was mad? What happened earlier? And then you have to backtrack. Yeah, exactly. Maybe implied for me because I remember all of that. Yeah, right, right. And she might be like, you know, if she is not quite aware of the situation, she might be mm-hmm. like... Well, of course, you know what happened. You know, you read the book. We talked about this like before you know, yeah. the interview. But what you want to do is clarify to the guests that, you know, the audience doesn't know that. And we're trying to get, set things up for the audience. Yeah. Communication always going to be key. So we're, we've talked about topics. We, we just kind of come up with topics sometimes on the day of. Sometimes we'll write them down ahead of time. Um, do you do any research when you write these down ahead of time about about any of these topics? Or is it usually based on what you already know? Uh, I don't do any research. Yeah, me either. Well, because this is the issue that we've run into. We did do some research a couple of times. Usually, though, it's not research. It's like we'll Google it and read off the Google like we did with Jesus. Oh, yeah. You wanted to do the Jesus episode. Is Jesus a dick or whatever? What so was that episode? Is It was about like... Is, it, oh, is Jesus good? Yeah, is Jesus good? So we read off all the miracles and we just read – I read them live mm-hmm. and you responded to them live and that was all – it was – there was research but it was on the fly research. Yeah. Yep. And I think research doesn't work well for a podcast in general unless you're doing interview style uh, because like this is the issue we ran into with the uh, should we legalize drugs episode because uh, I didn't do any research. But the problem is I actually have done a ton of research on that question. Like I didn't do research for that episode, but mm-hmm. you know I've listened to many different things over the last ten years about that subject. So mm-hmm. I'm you know relatively knowledgeable. And then you did a lot of preparation for that episode as well. And then what started happening is, you know, you would cite something, I would cite something, and then where does the conversation go from there? <laughs> My source disagrees with your source. Like, how does that how is that conducive to a conversation? Well, emotion. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that's all we got, brother. But it's it's hard for two say non experts mm-hmm. who can't actually discuss the merits of the studies mm-hmm. or the the uh, nuances of the data to really go back and forth because it's like, you know, I can't quantify like, oh, my evidence is your evidence. And you can't say that either. You can, but it doesn't mean it's true. Mm. So what we try to do in general is 
unless we have someone who's an expert. So like we had the history philosophy guy on who is a philosophical expert and he, mm-hmm. you know, he's the expert. What that he was says, an awesome episode. Yeah. What he says goes, right? It, I and, know. But if it's just us, we don't have much ability to expound upon the data-driven stuff. We can bring it up, but we get more into the philosophical or kind of like argumentative side. Mm-hmm. Whereas you don't necessarily need data to back it up. It's true because the logic and reason would, you know, argue itself to be true. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, it allows for more debate and more contentiousness because if you state the statements of fact, like it's hard to disagree with those statements of fact if my statements of facts are opposed. Like everything you've ever said, you state as a fact. Well, yeah, because it is a fact. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So... Um, so we, you know, we, we get guests on the biggest thing with guests. I feel like is a lot of times they cancel scheduling so hard, oh, like yes. you and I just finding time together is difficult. Uh, it was 9am on Saturday and I drive an hour and a half to get here. So like I was up at 7am on Saturday. I don't like getting up early, let alone on my weekend. So we, we have to make amends in our own schedules to make this happen. And then we try and get a guest on. And a lot of times it doesn't work with the, the schedule. So we can't get a guest like today. 9 a.m. is too early. Nobody wants to fucking do this at 9 a.m. And on top of that, sometimes things happen last minute and there's a cancellation. And then all of a sudden we had plans and now it's just us again. Yep. Um, so how do we how do we get around that? I know I do a lot of the scheduling, but that you've done you've done your fair share yourself and you've had cancellations on your end, too. Yeah, well, there's no easy way. There's no easy way. There's no easy way. You you just have to keep confirming people. You have to like hype it up. You have to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Constant communication. I feel like I feel like uncertainty is a big a big deal. A lot of people who haven't done podcasting, they don't know what to expect, so they get they get nervous. And you know, you can't necessarily blame most people I've talked to. Hate hearing their own voice, so they're worried that they're going to sound dumb. And I've. We haven't had a single person on our show in 150-something episodes, or is it like 170 now? It's ridiculous. Whatever. Who I feel has sounded dumb. Yeah. Except that one person, but we don't. We didn't produce that. We didn't put that episode out. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I kind of want to go back to that one and see if it was as bad as it felt. So I think you always want to make sure whoever's coming onto the podcast is well aware that we can cut out anything we want. Mm-hmm. We don't have to ship it if we don't want. Mm-hmm. If you say something you regret, that we'll take it out. Yep. And that, you know, our job as, you know, podcasters is to make you look as best as possible. Because mm-hmm. if we make you look good, you make us look good. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it Like, we have you on because we want to look good. Like, we want to produce a good quality content. And it's, we've had maybe a couple episodes that weren't the best because things happened Mm -hmm. but it's not because the fault of them it's just the fault of the topic and so so having good topics that work for the guests is is important but also just ensuring you know the guests that the you know we're pretty relaxed you know nothing's gonna get heated and we're not judgmental i mean we are judgmental but we're not like we're willing to go places that most people aren't willing to go in everyday conversation and that they can feel comfortable because i think the biggest compliment we've had is when people who have never done a podcast before get on the podcast with us, you know, they're a little bit intimidated by it, but we allow them to kind of succeed in it, mm-hmm. you know, by, you know, giving them questions, give them easy things to answer. And you can kind of tell when someone's a little bit uncomfortable or when they don't need no one to speak. 
like what I'll do, for instance, is I will start framing questions to them and you can kind of get a sense of like what the person's thoughts are on the thing. And you try to frame it in a way that gives them a direct way to answer that question and expand upon it. You're really good at prompting people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just, some people, you don't need to prompt them at all. Like some of my guests, like they will just bring up their own thoughts without even like needing it. Just great. Like Nick Stewart, like you don't have to, you know, prompt Nick Stewart at all. He's going to, he's very easy to converse with in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. And with other guests, you know, they're not so certain about when they should speak, when they shouldn't speak, mm-hmm. you know, whether interrupting us, this is our show. So we have to make them feel comfortable to spot, you know, talk with us and also show them how we interact and how we can interact with them. Absolutely. And the more that the guest is talking, the less I'm talking and everybody wins. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we're here for the guests, right? Because, you know, we're interesting, right? You know, most people like when the, the other person agrees with them. You're not supposed to agree with me when I'm being self-defamating. <laughs> you're supposed to be like, well, no, you're supposed to fucking give me some credit, not agree with me. <laughs> so the guest, I think, is the most important aspect of a th- three-way broadcast. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a, you know two people with a third guest, you want to make that guest shine as much as possible. Uh, I, I think when you have a guest on and you don't let that guest speak very much, which I know you've been on a couple podcasts other places and like you weren't really there. Like you, you tried to speak up, but it didn't really happen. Listen, I've had an outstanding experience with every show I've ever been on. And I would do all of them again. So hit me up. I don't know which one you're talking about specifically, but. I love all the shows that I've been on, and I think they were great episodes. Okay. I don't think I need to talk a lot in order to to be heard. That's what that's what my show is for. Okay, okay. For me just talking nonstop. Okay, but I think you want to be if, – if you're a podcast host, I think you want to be cordial of your guest time, mm-hmm. and you want your guests to show off themselves as much as possible because mm-hmm. – when we have guests on, I want them to come out of that situation thinking, number one, they had a smart, funny conversation. Yep, but number two, that they're like, oh, man, that was actually a lot of fun. Like, mm-hmm. I got to, like, interact. I was like a radio show person. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I want to do this again. A lot of people that we have on, they're like, oh, well, I can only, you know, stay for an episode of 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then before you know it, they're staying. They're on the third, fourth episode that we're recording. They've been here for two and a half hours. Yeah. Well, And we're like, I thought you needed to go. Well, I mean... This is good. Like, it, I didn't think it was going to be like this. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame them. And that's smart. Yep. And it's something about the production side and the the live side, because maybe these people wouldn't be as willing to have a conversation if it was just like a conversation between like three different people. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's part of it. You know, there's a, there's an edge. There's an excitement to producing live content like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that really gets people wrapped up. So I think making them feel welcome and making them feel like they can talk and that uh, we're producing something together. I think that's very important. And sets kind of the stage for, you know, good ideas because these other people can come up with things that we can't even think about. That's true. And I rely on them to come up with things that I can't think about. Like perspectives. And Mm -hmm. uh, we have an issue where we can't talk about certain subjects because we have our, you know, like, what we're going to do? We're going to do an episode of porn that one time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like you can't do an episode of porn with just two guys. Well, we had three guys and a woman. See, that works. It did. That was shit happens when you party naked. Jason and Christina Alme. But that you, was an awesome episode. 
But if it's just like two guys talking about porn, that mm-hmm. this it, you can do it, I guess, but it doesn't work as well. Yeah, look forward to that future episode. Two guys talk about porn. Yep. Uh, and probably next week. Yeah. Uh, Dito Angel. Well, probably yeah. it's guaranteed if we talk about porn that Pepin will bring up Dito Angel. What's the over under on how long it's going to take? Next week on We Need to Talk, we covered the ins, the outs of a topic never before before except by most people in the porn industry. That is Tito Angel and her magnificent asshole. Next time on We Need to Talk, you'll be there. You'll be ready. And if not, this episode was brought to you by Pangolins. Pangolins RS and beavers like you.